contained about an ounce of Macrife, the only perfume his mama had ever worn. A spool of thread and a couple needles, a small silver die-cast U.S. Air Force F-86 jet, and his entire life savings, $15.13. He crept back into the house and slipped a note under his mama's pillow while his father lay snoring off another binge. It just said, Someday, I hope you can forgive me. He swore he would never look back, and he didn't, not for a long time. Thirteen is too young to be all grown up, but Mac had little choice and adapted quickly. He doesn't talk much about the years that followed. Most of it was spent overseas, working his way around the world, sending money to his grandparents, who passed it on to his mama. In one of those distant countries, I think he even picked up a gun in some kind of terrible conflict. He's hated war with a dark passion ever since I've known him. Whatever happened, in his early twenties, he eventually ended up in a seminary in Australia. When Mac had his fill of theology and philosophy, he came back to the States, made peace with his mama and sisters, and moved out to Oregon, where he met and married Nanette A. Samuelson. In a world of talkers, Mac is a thinker and doer. He doesn't say much unless you ask him directly, which most folks have learned not to do. When he does speak, you wonder if he isn't some sort of alien who sees the landscape of human ideas and experiences differently than everybody else. The thing is, he usually makes uncomfortable sense in a world where most folks would rather just hear what they're used to hearing, which is often not much of anything. Those who know him generally like him well enough, providing he keeps his thoughts mostly to himself. And when he does talk, it isn't that they stop liking him. Rather, they're not quite so satisfied with themselves. Mac once told me that he used to speak his mind more freely in his younger years, but he admitted that most of such talk was a survival mechanism to cover his hurts. He often ended up spewing his pain on everyone around him. He says that he had a way of pointing out people's faults and humiliating them while maintaining his own sense of false power and control. Not too endearing. As I pen these words, I reflect on the Mac I've always known. Quite ordinary, and certainly not anyone particularly special, except to those who truly know him. He is just about to turn fifty-six. And he is a rather unremarkable, slightly overweight, balding, short white guy, which describes a lot of men in these parts. You probably wouldn't notice him in a crowd or feel uncomfortable sitting next to him while he snoozes on the max during his once-a-week trip into town for a sales meeting. He does most of his work from a little home office at his place up on Wildcat Road. He sells something high-tech and gadgety that I don't pretend to understand. Techno-gizmos that somehow make everything go faster, as if life weren't going fast enough already. You don't realize how smart Mac is unless you happen to eavesdrop on a dialogue he might be having with an expert. I've been there, when suddenly the language being spoken hardly resembles English. I find myself struggling to grasp a concept spilling out like a tumbling river of gemstones. He can speak intelligently about most anything. And even though you sense he has strong convictions, he has a gentle way about him that lets you keep yours. His favorite topics are all about God and creation and why people believe what they do. 
His eyes light up, and he gets this smile that curls at the corners of his lips, and suddenly, like a little kid, the tiredness melts away, and he becomes ageless and hardly able to contain himself. But at the same time, Mac is not very religious. He seems to have a love-hate relationship with religion, and maybe even with the God that he suspects is brooding, distant, and aloof. Little barbs of sarcasm occasionally spill through the cracks in his reserve, like piercing darts dipped in poison from a well deep inside. Although we sometimes both show up on Sundays at the same local pew and pulpit Bible church, the 55th Independent Assembly of St. John the Baptist, we like to call it, you can tell that he is not too comfortable there. Mac has been married to Nan for just more than 33 mostly happy years. He says she saved his life and paid a high price to do it. For some reason.